Mahaba. <laughs> and Parev. 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 <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to be here. I love being in your country. This is my first time in Lebanon. And do you know what I love the most? It's not the buildings. It's not the cars. It's even not the food. Although the food is very nice. It's you, the people. I thank Pastor Kevork and Morella for having me. You've got wonderful pastors. I travel all around the world. And I see many different pastors. And you know when a pastor is sold out for Jesus. And these people are sold out for Jesus Christ. You know, someone once asked me, what's the most important attribute of a pastor? And some people say their ability to lead, their, their ability to create team. They're important, they're important, but not the most important thing. The most important thing, I believe, for a pastor is intimacy with Jesus. And that's what these people have. So I believe you're very lucky. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm married to my wife. <laughs> I live in Australia. I've got three children. And they send their love to you. They, they send their greetings to you. I was having a conversation with my wife a few months ago. And I asked her if I was a movie star, who would I be? Based on my personality. And my wife looked up to the sky. And she said, I believe if you were a movie star, you would be Mr. Bean. That's a true story. And you'll find out soon why. <laughs> so since being in your country, I've seen and heard a lot of stories. You're going through a very difficult time. Economically and politically. And maybe some of you here today, you feel discouraged. Maybe some of you don't. No matter what you feel, I believe this is a prophetic message for you. For you personally. I believe God wants to give you breakthrough. Not just a little bit of breakthrough, but huge breakthrough. Who would like breakthrough? We're all in agreement with that. I remember many years ago, 
I was feeling very discouraged. I was like, Lord, where is my breakthrough? I can't seem to find it. At the time I was broke. I hardly had any money. I couldn't put food on the table. I was like feeling like I was ending up homeless. And someone asked me this question. Do you really have faith for the impossible? Do you really have faith for the impossible? We believe God can do the impossible. But the person asked me, do you believe in the impossible? Do you have faith that God can come through your situation? Now, I've all heard that faith without works is dead. So simply just believing isn't faith. It's dead. Now, let me ask you a question. If someone never knew you were a Christian, they never knew you went to church. They just saw your actions only. What would they say? Would they know by your actions you're a Christian? Or not? What actions matter to God? What actions demonstrate a faith? And some of you might say, well, if you love people, if you're kind and give to people, that shows faith. But I know people in the world that aren't Christians, that show love and care and kindness. So does that really differentiate us? While those things are nice, nice, does it show faith? I believe there's four words that can reveal our faith to the world. When I implemented these four words into my life, everything changed. It brought me intimacy with the Lord. It helped me overcome fear. It gave me faith and brought me to breakthrough from an impossible situation. You might say, what are those four words? You might say, what are those four words? Good question. Let me tell you. It's God's will, God's way. Now, what is God's will? God's will is the assignment that he has for you on planet Earth. After salvation, that is the very next most important thing in our lives. What is God's way? It's doing our assignment righteously. When we do God's will, God's way, we go beyond our natural capacities. God applies the favor. 
And we bring the kingdom of God to earth. Every single person in this room was created uniquely by God. You were made because something required your existence on earth. Psalm 139.16 says this. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day came to pass. Can you imagine that? God saw you in your mother's womb. He had pre-thought about you in your life. Every moment of your life was laid out before a single day had passed. He has a specific plan for your life. Look through the Bible. All the men and women were given an assignment. A unique assignment. Noah, build an ark. Moses, there's freedom coming. Take my uh, people to the promised land. All had assignments. Now here's the interesting thing. When they were given their assignments, they struggled with it. They thought, it's me. It's me. I can't do it. When Moses was given his assignment, it was mission impossible. And Moses said, I can't do this. But yet Moses did his assignment. Noah, build an ark in the middle of the desert. Those actions to the rest of the world would have seemed crazy. But he did it. What were the key with these men and women? Why did they do their assignment? Even though they felt they couldn't do it. They were promoted, they were protected. What is the number one key here? Let me tell you a story. Many years ago, I was stuck in this place. I was going through tough times. I had family issues. Sickness. I was struggling to put food on the table. And I thought to myself this. I've got so many problems right now. If I can only fix them, I'll be okay with God. Maybe some of you feel that here today. You're going through tough times. And you think to yourself, once I fix these, then I can get right with God. And then I can move on with my plan. Let me ask you a question. Are you open to the possibility 
That intimacy with God could be better than the pain you're going through now. That intimacy could be better than the circumstances that you have now. That having intimacy with him could be greater than the problem you face now. You see, your productivity, your prosperity... Your progress in advancing the kingdom of God is all directly related to your intimacy with the Lord. They are utterly inseparable. And without exception, when intimacy levels lapse, people and assignments collapse. Where is your intimacy with the Lord? Truly. David was promoted in the Bible because of his intimacy with the Lord. Noah was given this impossible assignment, but he had intimacy with the Lord. Moses had intimacy with the Lord. But they all did their assignment. It started with intimacy. See, the Lord didn't reply to them. The Lord didn't reply to them. When they complained to the Lord by saying, you can do it. The Lord didn't say, you can do it, you've got the skills. How did the Lord respond? Moses is a good example. The Lord said, I am with you. That's how he responded. The scriptures say if we abide in him, he says when you pray, I will hear from heaven and respond. Our fruit in our life, our results in our life, a burst from intimacy with the Lord. You know, imagine this. Imagine if Jesus physically turned up to your house now. Physically turned up. And you got up one morning and there he was, sitting in your house. He says, hi, I'm Jesus. And you go into the bathroom, he follows you in. You cleaned your teeth together with him. You sit down, you have a meal together. You leave the house with him. And he walks with you. Hand in hand. Walking down the street. Let me ask you a question. How much confidence would you have? How much confidence would you have? You'd be like, I can do anything. I am walking with Jesus. I am not worried about my finances. I'm not worried about being persecuted. 
I have Jesus Christ with me. There would be this confidence. Well, here's the good news. Is Jesus Christ lives in every single one of us. We should be the most confident people in the world. But it's birthed out of intimacy. And I remember when I was going through this time. I said, Lord, how do I get this intimacy back with you? Let me ask you a question. What takes your intimacy away from the Lord? You know, I told this story the last couple of days. I go to Africa and preach the gospel. And many years ago, I, I remember leaving. And my daughter of seven years old was there saying goodbye. And she's so cute. Blonde hair, blue eyes. And she came up and wrapped her arms around me. And gave me a big kiss. And she's like, bye, Daddy. And I was crying. Yeah, very manly tears, by the way. Masculine tears. And I left. I remember coming back home three weeks later. The door opened and she ran out. And she wrapped her arms around me. Gave me a big kiss on the cheek. I love you, Daddy. I missed you, Daddy. I thought, this is awesome. This is what a father loves. When I got home, I didn't say, if Isab- her name's Isabella. I didn't say, if Isabella has done all her chores, she can come out. I said, just run into my arms. And I believe the Lord is saying the same to many of you today. Just run into his arms again. Don't worry about what you're going through or what you've done. So I went on this second trip to Africa. And I came back home. And I drove into the driveway. I was expecting her to run out again. No door opened. I'm like, where is she? Where is she? I walked inside. Her door was closed. Knocked on the door. I said, Bella. She goes, yeah. I said, it's daddy. She's like, okay. I opened the door and went in. And there she was playing on her iPhone. I said, Bella, it's me. And she came over, oh, hi, daddy. <laughs> and then went back to playing the iPhone. Here's my point. The thing that I gave her out of my love for her is 
was the very thing that took her affection away from me. God has given you everything that you have. Your life, your clothing, your house, your food, your shelter, your mind, everything. And my question to you is this. It might not be the iPhone taking your affection away from the Lord. But what is taking your affection away from the Lord? It might be worry. It might be concern. It might be too many social get-togethers. I just believe the Lord is calling you many back to a deeper level of intimacy. So at that time I thought, Lord, break me for what breaks your heart. Break me, Lord. And he said, you don't need a new message. You need a revelation of an old truth. And I went and saw a movie called The Passion of the Christ. Maybe some of you have seen it. I want to show you a two-minute scene from this. And it's from the perspective of Mary, which is the mother of Jesus. And her heart for her son as he goes through the pain. Have a quick look now. What do you think when you see that? 
What do you feel? I remember watching this. And my heart broke again for Jesus. He hung on a cross for me. And it just gave me a fresh revelation of what he had done for me. I said, Lord, I don't care if you never answer one more prayer in my life. What you have done for me is more than enough. I love you so much, Jesus. I am going to follow you all the days of my life. And it was with that I went into deep intimacy with the Lord. I would just spend time with him day after day. And then he revealed to me my assignment. And it was three things. He says, I want you to fund the kingdom of God. I want, to, I want you to teach the church how to infiltrate the marketplace. And I want, I want you to preach the gospel around the world. I thought, Lord, this is mission impossible. This is me. Why would you use me? Maybe you feel that. How could God use me for something like that? I felt like Moses, complaining to God, I can't do it. And God just responded to me. He said, I am with you. I am with you. And he's saying that to you today. I am with you. And it gave me this confidence. So I stepped out in faith. And I built a business over the next three years. And then I thought, I'm going to go and preach the gospel around the world. It was miracle after miracle. I didn't know anything about crusades. So I joined a newsletter with Reinhard Bonnke. I, th- I thought this is mission impossible. Reinhard Bonnke sent an email out. He said, I want to train up 40 evangelists in Orlando. The email went out to 17,000 people. I thought, I am called to crusades. I'm going to apply. I applied. I thought, I'll get a response back, he'll say yes. It came back, said no. No. And I got discouraged. I had my own little pity party. Anyone ever had a pity party before? <laughs> yeah. I even deliberately put sad music on. <laughs> I thought if I'm going to be sad, I should do it properly. <laughs> and I got really sad. I did it very well. 
But then the Lord said to me, no, you were called to crusades. So I thought, I'm going to learn how to preach the gospel. So down the back of my house is banana trees. You know what banana trees are? Yeah, yeah banana trees. Yeah. We know what bananas are. Yeah, banana. <laughs> well, banana. And so I went down the back. And I would preach to the bananas. And one day I went down. And I said, who wants to give their life to Jesus today? And one banana came forward. <laughs> and gave his life. And the following day, a whole bunch gave their life. <laughs> it was a miracle. That was my first harvest. I was sitting back in my office. An email came back through three weeks later. And it was from Reinhard Bonke's manager. It said Reinhard had been out praying. And he felt not to leave out the Davids in the sheep pen. Those people he felt were anointed to preach the gospel. But weren't in full-time ministry. He said, based on that, I would like to invite you to Orlando to be trained by me. This was a miracle. It was God applying the favour. It was part of my assignment. And this is the important thing I want to mention. This was mission impossible for me. 17,000 applications. But God knew that I was serious about my assignment. So he applied the favor. The favor is attached to your assignment. Not you as an individual. If you just sit at home, and you just say, Lord, just bless me, bless me, bless me. And you're wondering why he may not be answering. Part of this key could be that you're not doing your assignment. If you extend your vision to start bringing God's kingdom to earth, God then says, now you have my attention. Now my favor will operate upon you. So I learned how to do crusades. Then in 2008, the global financial crash came. The bank persecuted us. We lost just about everything. I went out with my wife for lunch. I felt like I'd failed. I, rehearsed, I had rehearsed a speech to her. I said, you can leave me if you want. Because we're about to be kicked out onto the street. 
never forget it. She looked at me. And she said, David, I will never ever leave you. I love you. She said, I am proud of you. Even if we have to live on the street together with our children, I will never leave you. That was a confirmation to me that the Lord was with us. The Lord showed me part of the reason we lost all this money. Was I got caught up in a culture of greed and self-centeredness. In our culture, we're taught to get the best deals for ourselves. We're taught to get the best results in school and university. And then we're taught to go out there in the business world and get the best results for ourselves. God spoke to me through Proverbs 11.1 and it says this, the Lord detests dishonest scales but accurate weights find favour with him. The Lord was clearly speaking to me and he was saying that you maximize benefit to yourself at the expense of others. And he showed me examples in my business life where I'd done that. You know, doing cash deals with people. So those people might be able to avoid tax. You know, cutting corners. You know, not tithing. And the Lord said, I stood you down. He said you were doing God's will your way rather than doing God's will God's way. So he showed me in the Bible how he plucked Abraham out of Babylon. Babylon was based on greed and self-centeredness. And he showed Abraham how to trade. So I studied this. And at the time we had a small childcare centre. And God showed me how to bring his culture of caring, sharing and prospering into that childcare centre. I started studying the 50 commands of Christ and applying that practically into my business. Our business was struggling. As I started to take that culture in, genuinely caring for the people, even accepting disabled people into our childcare centre, writing personal letters to our staff to encourage them, helping our competition succeed. 
Because we're never taught to help our competition, right? As I did this, God's favor started to supernaturally work. And within a matter of months, we went from being broke back into being profitable again. It was amazing just taking God's culture into the marketplace, what happened. As we started to make profit, we started to help staff staff that had cancer and other problems. We went over and above what was expected. And then God just kept bringing more opportunities to us. Because we were building His kingdom. I wasn't praying here to build my kingdom. And as we got more profitable, the money was being pushed into funding the kingdom of God. Miracles started to happen. So I look back now, about 10 years ago, without hope, discouraged, looking at the impossible, wondering if God could ever come through. When I got intimate with the Lord and He revealed my mission impossible assignment and I felt Him put His arm around me, I knew He was with me and I was able to find my assignment and do it God's way. Since that time, we've done 19 crusades in Africa. We've had the opportunity of preaching all around the world and funding many initiatives for the kingdom of God. And you know the good thing about this? Is all glory goes to God. You know, when Gideon's army was reduced down to next to nothing, we read this in Judges 7-2. I'll read, I'll read it. God says this to Gideon. You have too many warriors with you. If I let you all, if I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast to me that they saved themselves by their own strength. What was God saying to Gideon? He was saying, Gideon, if I gave you a big army, you would defeat the Midianites and you would boast that you did it yourself. 
But I reduced your army down to 300 men. So people would know that it wasn't you that did it. That it was the favor of God operating through you. So he gets the glory. Everything that's happened to me over the last 10 years, I give all glory to God. A hundred percent of it. I cannot accept one bit of credit for it. I want to encourage you today. You might be in a mission impossible situation. You might be wondering what is God's will for my life. I encourage you to get intimate with the Lord and let him do the impossible with your life. He can do it. He says, I am with you. He says, I am with you. We should take that confidence and know we can do it. Let me finish with this story. Some of you already know it. I was in Africa. I just finished preaching at a crusade. A little boy came up and grabbed my pants and started shaking them. And I bent down and picked this little boy up. And he started hugging me. And he said his tummy was sore. So I prayed for his tummy. And he said, it's better, it's better now. But I felt the Lord just say, hug him. So I wrapped my arms around him. And he started to shake. Tears were streaming down his face. And I asked the interpreter, why is he crying so much? The answer was amazing. It completely shocked me. The interpreter turned to me and said this. He says, this is the first time that this little boy has ever been hugged in his life. Never been hugged. And he said to the interpreter, I can feel love. And I said to this little boy, that is the love of Jesus. I said, do you want to know Jesus? The little boy said yes. And we led him in a prayer to accept Jesus Christ. Isn't that what it's all about? Every single person in this room, you were once like this little boy. Jesus left the 99 to chase you. To wrap his arms around you. This really touched me. Unfortunately, the following night, I couldn't find him. And we left the town. I wanted him to find a family. Because he lived on the streets without any parents. 
I sent a search party out for two months. And they eventually tracked him down. They found him. Took him into their house, the pastor. Gave him clothing. Put him into a school. And is now raising him to do God's will, God's way. That story is the kingdom of God in one. That is what we've all been called to do. Your assignment, doing it God's way, is directly related to bringing salvation to the earth and the gospel of the kingdom to the earth. That's it in a nutshell. Amen. Amen. Okay. Call people forward. All right. Okay. Uh, I just want to invite any of you this morning. Maybe this sermon has touched you in some way. And you're thinking, where do I fit into God's will for my life? Maybe some of you are discouraged. Maybe you're going through hard times. No matter what it is. I'm happy for us and whoever to pray over you. To pray for your assignment. To pray for what God has for you. If that's you, I encourage you to come forward and I'll pray for you. Amen. Amen.